and welcome to Map Bites episode 19. I'm Elaine Giles and I'm here with my co-host Mike Thomas. In this episode we should be taking a look at the iPhone 3 software update, new iPhone hardware, laughing at Microsoft, sorry, but this time it really does need to be done. And the Koi Pond saga continues. I am now officially on the run from the Koi Ponders. But before all that, there is a lot to catch up from from last week's show. Right, so uh, some dirty little secrets were coming to light this week. Isn't the mic? After Jane's admission of her shameful morning routine, which involved checking her email and overnight tweets, first thing before anything else, don't you have something equally deplorable to admit? I actually use my iPhone as an alarm clock, uh, so it's to hand when I wake up. And uh, when I wake up, the first thing I do, just like Jane, is I check Twitter and I check my emails. Mm, I think this using it as an alarm clock's just an excuse, but there you go. And I'm not sure who's leading who astray here. Is it Jane encouraging you or do you think you influenced her? I'm not going to say. Ah. Anyway, don't you have something to admit as well? <gasps> Oh yes, the Safari tabs issue. Um, after last week, I threatened a trip to the terminal to re-enable the show tab bar even when there's a single tab open option, which I was convinced, absolutely, was in the preferences. Um, I was obviously getting confused with Firefox and or one, of, one of my many other browsers. Uh, and I actually found this option lurking on the view menu, which is very strange because it's dimmed out most of the time, unless you do actually only have the one page open or one tab open. Now, in my defence, uh, it did work on one machine, but it didn't work on the other one that I was having the problems with. So I did have to uninstall and reinstall Safari um, before it righted itself. And um, I have admitted all this in a comment on the show notes. So um, I flogged myself with a wet lettuce in penance. That's a sight I'd love to have seen. Oh, you missed it. Oh dear. But moving swiftly on, uh, it was great to hear from Jean at Tasty Apps and uh, he posted a link in the show notes to an uninstaller for the video box issue which saves folks having to go and manually remove those files that I did uh, when Safari 4 took exception to them. So uh, nice to hear from you and uh, great that that option's out there. Also in the comments to the show notes, wow, we had a lot of comments this week, uh, Stargate John mentioned that Launch Bar can actually be used as a clipboard extender. Uh, we mentioned Launch Bar, but it was in relation to the look that we took at Google Quick Search Box. But he's quite right, there is an option in there to use it as a clipboard extender. In fact, that option's enabled by default, but I deliberately disabled it because I've been testing it since the very first beta and um, it was still being worked on and for some reason it was clashing with whatever I was using at the time. I think it was stuff. So obviously two clipboard extenders, it was getting confused and I turned it off. But because I do use LaunchBar, I will go back and I'll have a look at it now and see how it compares to my current setup. So uh, more software testing for me. So that's good. And following on from our mention of Microsoft last week, uh, where we said that Internet Explorer 8 wasn't going to be installed on Windows 7 in Europe. More news from Redmond this week about that and much, much more. In fact, they seem to have turned into a comedy store this week. Yeah, what they've said is uh, they will still be bundling the browser with retail versions of Windows 7. And what they're going to do is they're actually going to provide um, an IE8 CD-ROM. 
I found this information on the uh, PC Pro website. Um, yes, I know this is a Mac podcast, but I do, do still keep up with what's going on the, in the Windows world uh, to bring you a laugh a minute. And uh, also, of course, because I do w work in a Windows environment. Uh, until now, Windows Vista users have been able to upgrade to Windows 7 and retain their existing applications and data. However, Microsoft says that anyone installing the new E versions of Windows 7 will have to start from scratch. And I believe E is for Europe. The E versions will require a clean install. And uh, as I say, there will be a, a CD available with the uh, browser on it. Oh, how retro. It's um, like all those AOL discs that were flying around a few years ago. Actually, those AOL discs saved me when I went over to Canada uh, because I managed to get free internet access for the two days I was over there. Only you could go to Canada for just two days. Mm, only it took four days to get there. Only I could go to Canada and I want internet access as a priority. True, true. Anyway, as well as this um, IE8 CD business uh, retrofitting, they seem to be trying to reignite a browser war this week. It's like the 90s all over again. Um, I think they need to get the message, you know, browser wars, old news. Um, it was a shameful marketing campaign. It was like a bad episode of Mad Men. Um, I'm going to have to tell you what the original ad actually said because uh, they've toned them down considerably. Um, but they can run but not hide. I've got screen captures of the originals. Pretty much because I couldn't believe they were as bad as they were. But what it was, it was um, a page on Microsoft's Australian site that you went to and uh, like jazzy graphics on there. And it said, and I quote, We've buried $10,000 somewhere on the internet. And if you're the first one to find it, you get to keep it. So, pretty much so far so good then. But unfortunately, it carried on. But you'll never find it with boring safari, so get rid of it or get lost. You know, I thought you were joking when you sent me that link. I thought I was joking when I was looking at it and I, I checked the um, URL thinking this is just a very clever misspelling somewhere. But um, I think it's genuine. I was as I was checking these things because what I was doing was... Um, I was checking them um, with different browsers and stuff to see what message you got, because obviously it was browser sniffing that it was Safari. Um, but sadly not. Uh, I don't think it was a joke. Um, if you'd got Safari, it said um, you'll never find it with boring Safari, so get rid of it or get lost. If it was Firefox, um, it called it old Firefox. If it was Internet Explorer for the Mac, it said that browser. And if it was IE6 or IE7, it said you'll never find it with IE6 or IE7. So we'll put a link in the show notes. But as I say, um, it may or may not be there. While I was testing it, the page was disappearing and I was getting a page not found. And I know other people on Twitter were getting the same. So um, I screen captured them for posterity. But how did I get all those different messages? Well, I do have quite a few browsers. But uh, all I had to do was just change the user agent ID and Safari worked perfectly. It actually displayed the page um, with all the extra hints and clues on it that supposedly only IE8 uh, people were getting. So um, I cheated and it did. It worked perfectly. You wouldn't think it could get much worse than these adverts, though. I mean, telling potential customers to uh, get with the flow or get lost. Unbelievable. They then decided to put up a browser comparison chart uh, called Get the Facts, which sounds great, but um, it was a little bit primitive. It was only comparing certain browsers. There was only three. 
There was IE8, Firefox 3 and Google Chrome too. And again, that was, that was pretty much a fabrication as well. Um, some of the stuff, well, it starts off in the first option, security. So uh, that, that was me laughing myself silly. It's a good job that IE6 wasn't in there with security. Strangely enough, they didn't add that to the comparison. Um, but I mean, that was bad enough. I looked at it and thought, dear me, you, know, you wouldn't draw attention to some of these things. But uh, Wired magazine put up an amended version of this comparison chart. And uh, that was even funnier than the original, which um, I didn't believe was possible. But uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Well, well, well worth seeing. But uh, this reignition of the browser wars. Uh, they really need bothered because um, I saw a video this week, uh, hysterical, I thought. Only 8% of those people that were interviewed for this video in Times Square, and it's on YouTube, only 8% of them knew what a browser was. So I looked at that figure and I thought, really? So I watched the video. Oh, it's so funny. It really, really is. Um, what they seemed to think a browser was, they were saying, oh, yeah, yeah, browser. Yeah, Google. I use Google. I know Google have a browser, but Google is not a browser. You know, I'm not surprised about that. Um, there's people where I work that don't know what a browser is, um, and some who do, who shall remain nameless because they might be listening, uh, don't know what Firefox is. Uh, their mind stretches no further than IE6. But you work in IT. These people are IT professionals. Mm, enough said. Just talking about that video, um, when I was watching it, you know, the sidebar uh, that says kind of related videos in uh, YouTube, uh, they'd done a very similar one going around Amsterdam. It was all in Dutch, so I didn't understand it, but I think I got the gist of it. So I don't think the Dutch know what um, a browser is either. My, my word. We must mingle with um, the glitterati of computer world, I think. Mm. Anyway, another Microsoft gem is uh, their own version of Time Machine. Now, before you get excited, uh, all it is, XP is now being made available till 2011. Yep, the OS that will never die by the looks of it. Dear me. Excuse me, but I have Fusion Images built on XP. Uh, in fact, I'm actually running Office 2007 on XP. Um, originally, I had it set up on Vista, but on my laptop, I actually found Vista was a a complete nightmare. It was so slow. Yeah, I remember all the swearing with that. Well, at least that's one good piece of news then. Um, but then we are back to the horror of the Microsoft marketing department. Um, they released a movie this week. And yes, I did do a double take at that as well. Office 10, the movie. <laughs> Sounds so, so corny, doesn't it? <laughs> I know it's bad. So uh, I went to the site. It's uh, office2010themovie.com. And uh, there was a lovely picture there, and it did look very movie, movie trailer-ish. And I thought, well, you, you've got to do it, haven't you? You've got to watch it. It needed silver light to view it. Yeah, right, like I'm going to install that. So um, sadly, I didn't get to see said trailer, but um, I did find a link that uh, somebody else had obviously screen captured it for me and uh, put it on YouTube in a format I could see with without stooping to the depths of silver light. So uh, we'll put that link in the show notes. And uh, I didn't think that was a particularly good movie trailer of any description at all, but uh, each to their own, I guess. And uh, in the vein of Microsoft giving you something for free, this one was a classic as well. They're giving free antivirus software away. I think they're the last people to be giving away uh, antivirus software. True. They their track the record on the Indeed. viruses. Indeed. But um, they're obviously feeling that there's some benefit in them doing that. 
can't see that myself. I, I would rather use a third party one there. But that's it for the Microsoft bashing of the week. But that they needed taking to task over those adverts. They really, really did. So I do go and take a look at them. But what else could we start with? Yeah, I know we've already been going a while, but we've got a lot of catching up to do. This week it had to be iPhone, iPhone, iPhone. 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 And the fun actually started before the release of iPhone OS 3. Um, overnight, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, I'm sat out there working away in um, very strange hours. I do work strange hours. And I'm minding my own business when I get a tweet through from TweetDeck saying that um, the version for the iPhone was released and it was available for download straight away. So off I headed and um, I was pleasantly surprised with it. I don't know if you've tried that. I've installed it and I've had a little play, but, um, you know, I haven't really got a 17-inch iPhone to uh, take full advantage of it with all its columns and things. Yeah, a lot of people, when they were looking at it for the first time, the first tweets that were coming through was, good grief, the text is tiny. And that was my first thought. That when was I saw my first it. thought as well. But when I realised you only had to click it once and it brought up just one single column and you could still scroll, that made it much, much better. But uh, it wasn't obvious that that was what you could do. So I reckon most people found out about that by accident. But the real fun was saved for 6pm UK time on Wednesday. Well, and what when I was a out night with the dog. it was. Yes, indeed. It's amazing how you're always out for these things because they're always at six o'clock. But I was ready and I was waiting at the appointed moment right down to the last second. I'm so sad, you know, international clock sat there waiting. And um, like the favourite in the Grand National, I was off and I was running at 6.01. And you were still out at that stage. But I was keeping up with, with it on Twitter. You were. Well, I got a great um, fast initial download. It did slow as more people began downloading, so you could certainly tell. I think I downloaded the first uh, about 140 meg in just over two minutes, and then it took about another three or four minutes for the rest of it. Um, but I know others weren't so lucky, and they either had to wait and wait a considerable time, or in some cases um, reboot the router which sounds bizarre, but uh, it worked. So um, let's not criticise if it works, eh? whatever you have to do. Uh, and I was very lucky not to have any issues at all. I didn't have any verification server problems or actually any other issues at all. I even got a text message from O2 straight away saying that they would enable MMS as soon as they could, which I thought, oh, that's great. Didn't really expect that. I thought I would have to do something to enable it. And within five minutes, as I'm sat there trying to play with it, you know, copy paste, let's let's give it a go. I got another MMS. Uh, I got another message. This one was actually an MMS from O2. A nice picture attached to it and said, right, you're active. Of course, sadly, I had nobody that I knew that I could send one to because nobody else's was active at that point. But that's just because I'm sad. But I could have adopted your approach, which I'm sure you'll tell us about shortly. But uh, just in case you thought it was all plain sailing, my issues came much later and they lasted much, much longer. But uh, once I'd sorted mine out, next on the agenda was my father's, which was a bit rash. Um, he wouldn't like to live without his phone. And um, it was a risk, but it didn't go too badly. It did take longer to download than mine, and there were a few scary minutes when uh, it had actually gone through the process of sort of half updating it, and it then refused to connect to the store for authorization. So that was bad news, but uh, it, it just keep trying, kept trying, kept trying, and in the end it did. Um, by then my father had broken out into a cold sweat. And that was when you decided to join the party, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it was about eight o'clock by the time I got around to doing mine. Um, so I was a little bit late to the party, although I thought maybe by that time the service might have settled down a bit. Um, the first thing I did before I actually uh, thought about upgrading was I um, re-enabled Backup Disabler. Uh, I don't know if, if you've come across that piece of software. No, I back up mine every time. Well, I was finding, um, and it was it was back in the early days, that every time I synced, it was taking an age to back up. Um, and I, from what you've said, it has got better um, as time has gone on. But I've just kept my uh, backups disabled and I've just backed up on a, an irregular basis. And uh, so I've, I've got this piece of software. I will, it's free and I'll put a link to it in the show notes called Backup Disabler. And it actually allows you to disable the backup on sync for the iPhone. But I re-enabled that and uh, backed it up because I thought uh, if anything goes wrong, if anything could go wrong, it will go wrong. So at least I've got a backup. And I then proceeded with the download of the software. And it actually downloaded okay. And I thought, oh, I'm in here cooking with gas until I got a message that says the iPhone activation server was unavailable. Please try again later. So I twittered my frustration and a few other people came back and said that they had the same problem. So, you know, I got rid of the pers persecution complex. You know, I thought, you know, it's not just me. Eventually, I did manage to complete it about an hour or so later. Uh, but I didn't have any MMS. I kept trying the MMS and uh, I kept sending you uh, a picture and it kept failing. So I think it was about 11 o'clock the next day when finally I sent a text to, uh, it was 1010, wasn't it, uh, with just MMS in it. And uh, it came back and it said, um, you sent a text to us, please, uh, we apologise for the delay, uh, please bear with us. And uh, I think about 11 o'clock the next day, it came through and it said, you're all set up to MMS. Well, my dad was, um, that's something he would have been interested in um, for the people that he knows that don't have iPhones, but do have MMS enabled phones. And um, I was trying to get his enabled all night, overnight. Um, because I had my own issues and being up very, very late with it. And I kept um, MMSing or texting 1010 with MMS in the subject and um, I was getting nothing back from them at all. And I must have sent about eight or nine requests on the hour every hour, nothing. Uh, and his wasn't enabled at all until, oh, it must have been 24 hours after he updated. So uh, you beat him to it and uh, I'd been trying much, much longer for that. So he didn't do too bad. In my euphoria of, of getting MMS working, I then sent a tweet out to say I've got MMS. And the next minute I actually got an MMS, not from you, but from somebody else who said uh, he'd had MMS working since the night before, but had nobody to send an MMS to. So uh, you'll do, it said. <laughs> I know who you mean. Funny, mm. funny guy. <laughs> yeah. So because you were unavailable, I thought I would have to send an MMS to test it. Um, and I sent one to myself. Very sad. That, that's worse than me. Mm. That is worse than me. But you were talking about backup. And uh, that's where my problems began. I'd got the phone sorted out, got the new software on it, given it a try. And I wanted to just update a couple of apps that um, had appeared in the store. Uh, told me they were there. So I downloaded them. That Everything was ready to go. All I needed to do was synchronise the phone. So I plugged it in and I don't have automatic backup disabled. So it started to go into backup and it kept going. 
and going and going and going. Two hours, 35 minutes for the initial backup. And then you came along about an hour into my agony because I couldn't do anything with the phone while it was backing up. And uh, what did you say? Mine's done. Mm, 10 minutes. Yes. But you had other problems, didn't you? Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. Um, I haven't re-enabled backup disabler. Uh, so it is now backing up every time I sync. Although, you know, fingers crossed that I don't have your problem. Um, it is only taking a minute or two. And I think that is, I don't know if it's an improvement in version 3. Maybe it was an improvement in, in, the, in the version 2 software. It only um, took a long time for me just that once, which was the initial backup of version 3. Um, in version 2, it never took that long for me. Um, and now it's only taking a couple of minutes. So I think it was just that initial one. But why it took that long, I really have no idea. And I didn't like to disturb it. So I just left it go. But I mean, it was awful because I had new software to play with and I couldn't play with it. And you know what you like. You know what you like when your internet goes down and you start mooching because you can't do a thing. And there's lots of other things you could do that you don't need the internet for, but you can't think of one thing to do other than constantly check to see if your internet's back. That's what I was like without the phone. Yeah, the problem that I had um, was actually updating apps because once I'd updated the software on the phone and I fired up iTunes, it said that I had uh, three uh, apps needing updating. Now, I know one of them was 1Password. Uh, I'd held off updating that uh, for a week because I know you'd had problems with the version 2 software. Uh, and then it came up uh, when I went into the applications and I clicked the little a link at the bottom that said uh, check here for updates and it came up and it said there were three updates um, there was Evernote um, there was one password and something else so I clicked the button that said um, update and it asked me to log in as normal and then it said uh, it couldn't update at this time because the, the servers were busy which I thought, you know, understandable because everyone's trying to update their uh, iPhones anyway and then the three that was indicating how many uh, apps I had uh, just disappeared. I thought, you know, this is strange. So I went and I clicked the little link again that says click here to check for updates. And it came back and it said, you have no updates. No applications need updating. And I'm thinking, you know, that's strange. It said three minutes ago. And I even went and I right clicked on the icons and I checked on the on the get info to, to check what the versions were. And they were not the most up to date version. So I knew that it hadn't uh, done the update. I even checked on the iPhone um, on the App Store uh, app and that actually said three as well. And then that changed to say no, no needing updating. And, you know, I get this quite a lot. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Nope, never had that issue at all. Um, what I did get was an app's warning when I did my update, telling me that I had, um, and these were apps I already owned, they weren't new ones, and it was warning me about adult content. Um, and I looked at what was being updated and it seemed to be Evernote. So um, I tweeted that and it provoked much hilarity about the contents of my notes on Twitter. But uh, I can now say that it wasn't Evernote, nor the contents of my notes. It turned out to be Shazam, which I found very strange. Um, it's a music app that identifies music. Um, it, it's a bit like a hollow shell of an app. There isn't actually any... Um, I know it accesses information, but I wouldn't have actually thought... You know, if I point it to something that's... Um, 
a rap song or something and there's bad language in it then that's up to me it isn't there automatically but um, no it was Shazam and I found that out because a lot of other people are getting the same message the one that I did want to update was OmniFocus um, and initially it wasn't there in the store then I got a direct link to it and it took me uh, from about 10.30 at night till about 1am to be able to get this new version of um, OmniFocus um, I could see it, I could click it, it was there in the store but I was just getting a minus four error which I have no idea what a minus four error is, I would imagine it's store unreachable or we're not prepared to uh, let you update it but um, eventually I did get my OmniFocus and that's a whole other show I think one of the features um, I was trying to use, trying to use OmniFocus properly um, I was trying to get it to um, use geocontexts so uh, if you're not into GTD you may not know where the context is it's um, basically when you are available to do a specific job so what I wanted to do was allocate some of my uh, purchasing tasks to shops and I was using the postcode and I was telling it where these shops were and I was getting pins all over the map and none of them were anywhere near any of these shops so what I had to do today while I was out was every time I stopped at a shop I had to add the context and then say use this location so it could take me a while to get OmniFocus populated correctly but uh, that was my experience with updating that anyway and uh, it wasn't too bad it just just OmniFocus took a little bit of time so what other issues have you got? I've had an issue, I've got an issue with orders of my playlists on the iPhone. Um, from from memory, uh, the order of the playlists on the phone and the order of the playlists on the on iTunes on the Mac used to be the same. And they used to be alphabetical. So I've got a couple of playlists that both begin with an underscore. One's called underscore to listen. So it's podcasts that I manually drag and drop that I want to listen to. And I've got another one called underscore books to listen. It's uh, audio books that I particularly want to listen to. And the great thing was that on the phone, which is where I do most of my listening when I'm out, they would be at the top of the playlist, the list of playlists. So I wouldn't have to be scrolling up and down. And then I found this week that um, they've actually moved to the bottom. So I did a little bit of digging around and I, I found a, a, a site uh, or page on the discussions.apple.com and it was actually about the playlist order. Um, and if I if I go and find what somebody was talking about, somebody was actually had the same problem. They've got about 60 playlists sorted normally A to Z and a few start with special characters, which is, is exactly like mine to arrange them at the front. In both iPhone OS 2 and iTunes, these symbols were before the letters, but by OS 3 they were moved to the end of the list. So it was the new software that caused your problem? It does. It looks like it's the new software. Um, I even tried starting them with a, a number, so I had one uh, to listen and two books to listen to, and that still put them right at the bottom of the list. So I think I'm going to have to uh, put them uh, starting with an A Although that will have to be starting with AA because otherwise they're going to come after ABBA and that oh, will never do. The shame of admitting that. Although I can talk because I liked ABBA from the first time round. That was when it was really uncool to like them. Yes, but we all know about my musical tastes. Um, Gumbe Dance Band. Oh, yes. Yes, we better move on from yes, that. Good we'll grief, you'll frighten the that. listeners. So how are you getting on with version three of the software other than that? I like the search feature. 
the search feature, you know, where you're on the first screen and then you wish your, you wish your finger to the left and it comes up with a like mm. a spotlight search. I've not actually used that for me. I mean, I've tested it and it works, but I've not actually used it for real. No, I haven't. I've played around with it just to see how it works. It's like you've got to do these things, haven't you? You've got to see how they work. Uh, but I think if I needed to search for something, it would be very useful. It certainly seemed fast enough, so if I was looking for something else, and once I get into the habit of using it, it might actually be quicker to find your contacts than going to the contacts and going through them. Mm. One of the things I was doing before I updated was I was reading uh, one of these sites that have gone through your, your 100 features or whatever number it is of the phone, and one of them mentioned the Notes app, and I did notice that it's still got that awful felt font. That really puts me off using it. And what's worse than the fact that it's the felt font is that it's brown as well. Mm, I don't think you can change that. No, but I bet that was your first trip back to the notes since that um, unfortunate shopping list incident of launch week last year. Yes, if anyone remembers, we discussed this on a, an early uh, podcast and I uh, just pressed the backspace a couple of times and it got stuck and it actually deleted the contents of the whole note. At which point you upgraded to a paper shopping list. The shame of it. Yes, well, at least paper doesn't have a backspace key. True, but um, there you were, sat there with a couple of hundred quids worth of iPhone, stroking it lovingly and um, writing a paper shopping list. Mm. Yes, not good. I also do like on the phone bit. Uh, yes, I do actually use an iPhone for a phone now and mm. again. But it does show all the calls to a particular person. Uh, and the time you made them, and I think whether it was outgoing or incoming. So that's quite good. And it also shows which phone it was from, so whether it's from or to the mobile phone or the work phone or the home phone. That's a big improvement, I think. Mm. Some people that I get calls from um, work in places where the outgoing number is displayed, but it's like an 0845 number, and I'm never quite sure what you're being charged when you call one of those or an 0800. So um, it's good that you can see which number, you know, although it's like mobile or work, you can actually see which one it's coming from. That's a big improvement. I like the voice um, note app as well. It's pretty good. Um, it, it, it's got a strange synchronisation thing going on with iTunes, um, all to do with a lack of metadata. I only found these voice messages, which were me saying hello, hello, testing. Obviously, I'm sure we've all got some of those. Uh, I only found them because I was looking in um, a smart playlist in iTunes. Uh, it's a smart playlist that's there by default, the recently added one. And I found two files that didn't have meaningful names at all. They were just a date and a time. They had very, very little metadata in them. And I thought, what on earth are these? And I didn't know whether they were some uh, podcast tests that had downloaded or something. So uh, I listened to one of them and it was my note. But strangely, I deleted that off the phone. So I didn't expect the thing to synchronise back to iTunes. Yeah, I didn't even notice them syncing. Yeah, they're synced to iTunes. Physically, they're actually saved in a folder called Voice Memos in your iTunes folder. But the lack of the metadata meant that I just couldn't identify them. Um, even searching uh, for voice or memo, you don't find them. You actually have to know the time or date um, that the memo was recorded and search for that. The only other thing I guess you could do is just be incredibly diligent and um, tag them. I'm not sure if you can tag them on the phone. I didn't think of trying to tag them on the phone, 
but um, once you get them into iTunes untagged and of course I personally think the whole point of a voice app is you're going to use it when you need to be hands-free with the phone pretty much so you don't want to record a voice app and then sit there and put all the tags in it so um, that could be potentially a bit of an issue so you might find that you've got some synchronized back and you didn't even know mm, I'll have a check I've used the uh, landscape keyboard a couple of times, but I think that was more by accident as my uh, hand flipped around as I was typing. <laughs> uh, I don't really use a landscape view. Uh, it's nice for the keyboard, but um, it doesn't give you much in the way of view at the top. So I've not noticed that one. I did have an app that crashed incredibly badly uh, when it inadvertently went into landscape mode. It is supposed to work in landscape mode. Um, but then at that point, I was just about to upgrade to... Uh, version 3 of the software and when I went back to try it to see you know if it was a whether it would actually run at all the app had broken completely with version 3 um, for every tap that you needed you have to tap twice so it was very confusing it was a game that I think I mentioned right back at the beginning it was one of the first games I got it's called Muddled which is um, it's like a, a game of boggle or something like that and uh, it's one of my favorites so um, I, I thought oh I can't use this um, Obviously, it was taking you twice as long, so there's no way you were going to finish the game. Uh, luckily, it was very quickly updated. I think it was updated by the morning, the following morning, which um, I was impressed with. So you try copy and paste then. I've done a quick test. I just wanted to see how it works. Uh, everyone's been talking about it. And when they announced it um, way back when, months ago, uh, we all got excited about it. So, yes, I've tried it, but I've not used it in, in any anger yet. No, it's working okay for me. I think I'm going to appreciate it even more when I've got a real need to use it. I think when you're just testing it, you can't really. I mean, you can see, yeah, if you're fine, it works. But when you really need it, you're going to be really even more impressed with it. Um, the one thing I didn't try, um, apart from, you know, the shake to shuffle and shake to undo? Yeah, I've not tried that. No, I, I deemed it wise not to. And with the state of the front of yours, I deem it wise that you don't either. Mm. Mm. We have got about uh, half a dozen uh, sites with some uh, tips and tricks on walkthroughs, the, uh, the the 30 best features and the 40 best features. Uh, and we'll stick those on the show notes so you can go through those. And don't forget as well, while we're talking about Wednesday nights and the software upgrade, um, the Bluetooth and Safari update that occurred in the middle of all this chaos on Wednesday. Um, people were twittering madly and manically about what, you know, I'm getting error minus four, what's your error? And um, somebody bobbed up and said, oh, anybody noticed this new version of Safari out? Um, it was just a point revision uh, to apparently rectify some uh, iPhoto Flickr upgrade, uh, upload thing. But um, urgent when you're hoping for an option to enable those tabs at the top. And um, sadly for the top preferring folks, there was no such option. And uh, personally, I need two weeks written notice of a reboot, preferably in writing. So um, I had to wait. I was also concerned about uh, all my little add-ins and plugins that were working perfectly with that first release breaking. So uh, I tried it on um, one machine that I wasn't too concerned about just to uh, ascertain, nope, there was no tabs at the top option. And uh, I left it for a couple of days. Um, rebooting's not convenient at any point at all, and certainly with no notice. So uh, I had to leave it. But then came Friday. iPhone 3GS launch day, yes. Indeed. You know, I think, it might, is it just me, but has it been a bit of a damp squib? Um, you know, 
I don't think there's been as much excitement in the build-up as there was when the, the original 3G came out. I was reading the meetups page on MacRumors forum and uh, it just didn't seem that there were that many people uh, going to meet up and that many people um, you know, getting excited about it. Maybe that's just our perception because we weren't buying you know, it could be, but even uh, even the original iPhone, when we didn't buy, uh, there seemed to be more excitement. You know? Well, the original one, I mean, the queue went right round the place, didn't it? And uh, we'd made the decision that we weren't buying that version, but the excitement was there. That, you know, there were press covering it. Yeah, there was an excitement, and there certainly was for the 3G. So uh, maybe you're right. Yeah, I'm sure if we were buying then we'd have been excited. But from what I read, there was only about 20 people queuing at the Trafford Centre at Apple Store at about nine o'clock. Oh, yes. And rumour has it that 19 of those had been there for three weeks waiting for a reply from AppleCare. Or maybe that was just me. <clears throat> yeah, um, I don't think from, from our point of view, there was actually enough to justify what the cost, um, cost of the upgrade would have been uh, given our contracts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, camera is very, very nice. I had a go with it today, did a bit of video um, in the O2 store. But again, like you said, very understated. Um, we staggered into the O2 store thinking, oh, let's have a look at them. And there was an iPhone uh, strapped to the counter. So uh, we wandered over and had a look and, and both looked at each other and said, hmm, it uh, looks pretty similar to the last one. Uh, to find out that it was the last one. They hadn't even put any stock out of the brand new one, which... It just seems inconceivable, doesn't it? But uh, she did go and get one and let us have a play with it. And the camera is um, much improved. Video was very, very clear. Uh, we didn't get to try the voice control, but the voice controls are a nice feature, I suppose. Um, and the compass. I'm, I'm not convinced with the compass, but there you go. Uh, for me, all those features were just nice to have rather than must have and be prepared to spend that kind of cash on. Yeah, tethering is potentially more useful, um, but then it does come at a price, doesn't it? It does, and I doubt I'm going to be trying that. Um, I'm certainly not going to do some any illegal tethering, and I don't think I'll be trying it until at least the expiration of our 3G dongle deal, which is January next year. Oh, surprisingly, when our contracts are out with the phone. So January is going to be quite an exciting time, isn't it? Mm, it certainly is. Uh, but one in uh, true Steve Jobs fashion, one more thing, iPhone related, uh, Mike B spotted a dodgy button on the iPhone version of the iTunes store, uh, most unlike Apple. Um, there's three buttons at the top of the screen and the text on the button on the right was far too big for the actual button. So the right hand text um, disappeared off the screen and the left hand text uh, laid itself over another button. So, um, well spotted Mike. We'll put a, a link to that picture in the show notes. Very, very unlike Apple. Um, there was a lot of text to get on this button, I'll grant you. But uh, even so, very, very unlike Apple. And on to our feedback and comments. Um, the Koi Pond. Yes, Koi Pond. The Koi Pond Mafia strike again. Um, hot on the heels of last week's dressing down from Jane. Mia culpa. This week, I was sat minding my own business, as you do. Email arrived from Twitter telling me that I had a new follower. So I thought, oh, wonder who that is. Somebody called Koi Pond Advisor. I thought, oh, hmm. Uh, next minute, they were also following MacBytes. And they were also following me. And I didn't diss Koi Pond. No, you got dragged into this because mm, of me. By so, association. Um, exactly. So uh, believe me, I am on my best Koi Pond behaviour today. So um, swiftly moving on. 
Uh, David is a new Mac Bytes convert to WebSnapper. Yay! I uh, put a comment on the show notes uh, saying that uh, he's given it a go uh, because I've banged on about it so much, apparently. I should be on commission. Um, and he likes it and uh, he's going to be using it. But uh, Lucy C has decided that uh, she's staying with Quicksilver. Now, I haven't got anything against Quicksilver anyway. It just stopped working for me. Um, I used to use Spotlight and I tried Quicksilver two, three times and just didn't get it. Uh, I suppose I kept forgetting to use it. Maybe I was used to using Spotlight. Uh, and then I did try it again. I thought, you're really going to have to get used to this. Um, and it clicked and I got it. Uh, it just stopped working for me. Um, but we do have another convert as well, this time to LaunchBar. Uh, also comment to the show notes, Amanda's tried it and loved it. So uh, great to hear from all you guys that you're at least trying some of the software, uh, even if you try it and decide it's not for you. Uh, good that you're uh, giving it a go. And after last week's show, I have actually installed and used uh, the Google Quick Search box. I uh, decided to give that a go. I set it up to use the same keys as Quicksilver and I, I uh, actually stopped Quicksilver running at, at boot up. And that way, you know, it's something that you get used to straight away because it's the same keystrokes. Um, I found that it needed uh, a little bit of training um, to actually get the applications to come up. But once I'd actually uh, got it to run Safari, for example, three times, then that does come up at the top. So uh, I think a, th a thumbs up for Google Quick, um, Google Quick Search Box. Yeah, it's not the snappiest of names, is it? It's not. It doesn't um, roll off the tongue. No, afraid not. What I did was, um, having a look at them again, um, I had a look at what Quicksilver did very well and uh, what the Google new one quick search box did very well um, and I started having a look how I could make um, how I could improve launch bar by adding in some um, search tools to it um, and I spent uh, a happy hour or so um, editing things making it search um, amazon.co.uk rather than .com uh, and I added some more in as well so uh, some of the sites that I frequently search and now I don't have to open a browser to run a search for example for a DVD at Amazon I can just uh, use a quick launch um, dear me I'm getting confused now no launch bar I use launch bar that's right um, I can use Use LaunchBar, just use the standard key that I would use to run an application um, and instigate a search of Amazon from there. And it opens the browser, opens the page and runs the search. So um, it was really worth taking a look at all those apps. Uh, that's why I like looking at apps, even if I decide not to use them, because I might find a feature that's there that uh, I can adapt in the software that I'm actually using. Anyway, feedback and comments, feedback and comments. Um, I must mention Ian D, who is Sweeper on Twitter. Um, he, together with his mate Shaquille, has created a new podcast. Uh, it's called Digital Outbox and it's all about gadgets and gaming and all things tech. And uh, it's a UK UK based podcast. So uh, said in good old Collingwell and voice, the Brits are coming. We're taking over. So uh, good luck with it, guys. And uh, I must say there's a great quote from episode one, which was, you feel like a right pansy. In relation to what, I'm not saying. You will just have to listen. Um, well worth a listen, guys. So good luck with that. I noticed uh, as we're recording this now that episode two just landed uh, in iTunes. So I've not had a chance to listen yet, but I will get to that. I will. On to our events. On the 25th of June, uh, eight o'clock in the evening, British summer time, we're running an event, uh, Documents Extreme Makeover, or Sexing Them Up, as Elaine likes to put it. 
Uh, you can uh, join us online for this event just by going to http://macbytes.co.uk/live. Yeah, and don't forget to mention that we usually have the chat room open about 15-20 minutes before the event and uh, we stay around chatting afterwards which usually lasts longer than the presentation. So obviously they enjoy the chat more than the presentation, but there you go. Um, and I can't possibly sign off without mentioning this story from our local paper. It's a um, local evening paper in Manchester. As you will be aware, I have been and I continue to have issues with um, the local Apple store nearest to us, which is the Trafford Centre branch. And some people have said um, they've had issues with them as well and they've recommended the Manchester Arndale Apple store. Now, it's not as convenient, um, but with a complete ineptitude locally, it needed to be considered as a viable alternative until... The story in the paper was that a shopper had been given a receipt and in addition to details of what they'd purchased, it contained all the private contact details, which was uh, name, address, mobile phone number, email address, you name it, it was on this receipt, of another store customer. Now, and that occurrence may be unlikely to make the local papers, but for the fact that the customer in question happened to be Manchester United club captain Gary Neville. Hmm, yes. And to add to the general hilarity, the customer who received the details is a Liverpool fan. So it certainly made the paper. So um, read the full story at the URL in the show notes. And uh, it did make me wonder how many times things like that happens. Did I say wonder? I mean worry. Worry how many times that happens. Um, you know, if I got somebody else's details, I would take it back to the store and uh, explain their error. Um, the data protection issues in there alone just blow my mind. So uh, I'd be very concerned how often that happens. Anyway, that's it for this episode of MacBytes. So that concludes our special look at the iPhone software and hardware. Uh, but next week we'll be back to normal with a detailed look at screen capturing software. So if you've got a favourite app, leave a comment on the show notes and we'll be sure to include it in our roundup. Uh, but that's it for this episode of MacBytes. And as always, we would love to hear from you. So please send your questions, comments and queries by email to macbytesuk at gmail.com or even send us an audio file. And always feel free to leave a comment on the blog. Uh, you can keep up to date with what we're doing via the MacBytes website at macbytes.co.uk, on Twitter, twitter.com slash macbytes. You can subscribe to the RSS feed also at macbytes.co.uk. Uh, and I'm on Twitter personally at twitter.com slash Elaine Giles. And Mike is on Twitter. At twitter.com slash Thomas Mike. Always different there, always different. Uh, because if they follow Mike Thomas, it'll be somebody completely different. So be careful, you've been warned. But until next time, this has been Elaine and Mike bringing you MacBytes. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you next time.